Let's face it, Brit happens. Success is rarely a straight line. It's a journey with many twists, turns, potholes, and unwelcome detours. The secret, however, lies in how we react. Keep listening to learn how to effectively respond to life's curveballs, improve your resilience, and how winners pivot from setbacks to success. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Let's get started. My guest is someone who I personally and professionally admire and a glowing example of preparation meeting opportunity. He is one of New York's most popular and well-respected radio and media personalities, Fred Bugsy Bugs. Bugsy has helped to develop and deliver some of the biggest names in the business, including Red Man, Biz Marquis, Big Daddy Kane, Mary J. Blige, and more. Bugsy's love for radio eventually called him back to the airwaves, and now you can find him killing it as the afternoon on-air personality and voice of Sirius XM Fly and 107.5 WBLS in New York City. Keep listening to learn how Bugsy not only has been able to pivot from unexpected setbacks, but apply those scraped knee lessons to build stepping stones for sustainable success. Welcome, Bugsy. I am so happy that you're here with us. Hey, thank you for having me around. This is a a pleasure to uh, talk to you from there. Isn't the technology amazing? You can talk to somebody from New York to Miami and like that, no time. Absolutely. This is amazing. I believe you just left the studio, what, an hour ago? About an hour ago, yeah. And traffic in New York, believe it or not, is incredible. Right now, moving around 20, 30 minutes between the boroughs is a piece of cake would uh, would usually take you an hour or an hour and 45 minutes. So, I mean, if, you, if you're if you of uh, the elk of thinking about the positive while things that seemingly are negative going on, that's probably one of the positives. And gas is cheap. So, <laughs> that is so true. But what's crazy is traffic has begun to pick back up here again. I don't know if it's like that in New York, too. All right. Well, not as much here. It has, but not as much. <laughs> okay. That's one of the silver linings of the Rona. That erupts and down a Rona as we wait and anticipate when it's going to end. Nobody knows. So we just got to ride it out. Got to ride it out. <laughs> ride it <laughs> exactly. Out. We're just going to have to ride this thing out, be safe, patient, and we'll see. Your longevity in this industry is a testament to your work ethic and your talent. But can you share with us how you got started in the music industry? Well, you know, I was a kid that, oh, I grew up listening uh, to the radio during the great 60s and the 70s. We had uh, what was, I guess, could call the internet at that time, which a transistor radio and the portability of radio and listening to music through earphones, right? And I uh, spent a lot of time listening to the radio and my, my imagination would run wild with the songs I heard. Very interesting. Motown stats, uh, the psycho funk period, Sly and the Family Stone, Parliament Funkadelic, uh, the R&B, and, and then the, 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 the coming of hip hop out of funk and stuff. So I grew up through an interesting period. But in the early 70s, even when I was in high school and junior high, I always wanted to be on the radio. It, it, it gave the... Um, it gave you an opportunity to to kind of paint a picture uh, and speaking word pictures and people would listen and can imagine what was happening. And that was before we have all of the the, the alternates that we have now. And I right. think that radio to, radio to a lesser degree, but even still has that theater of the mind aspect to it in places where it's allowed to be used. 
right. where we are now in, in the podcasting world, right? You know, right. look at what we're doing casting. This mm -hmm. is very similar to what was happening in the late 50s and early 60s where everything was free form. And whatever you wanted to air, whatever you wanted to talk about, you had the ability to do it. We're back to that now, but now on another platform. So I think that no matter what happens, uh, how the media changes, it's still connected to radio. But uh, I got in pretty much as a gopher. I would go for the donuts, the coffee, <laughs> uh, and that would allow me the opportunity to sit in the studio when I was in, in high school. Okay. I would go up there after school. And uh, then I would start sneaking in a couple of 45s. Those are records with the hole in it. And uh, doing my own little mock show in the production room and editing and started working on my craft there when folks would go home at the end of the day. Um, and finally got an opportunity to be uh, a production engineer doing commercials and uh, uh, running the board for one of the top flight personalities in New York at the time, Frankie Crocker. I didn't have to do on that for a couple of years. Got a shot to be on the radio. A lot of times these things happen and you worked in radio, you know, you get these opportunities where you fall into an opportunity and, and it sticks, right? And in 75, the summer of 75, it happened when uh, one of the older guys on the staff was out for most of the summer. And I replaced him during the summer. And I thought I was the greatest, but I really wasn't that good. You know, you look back on it, but it was a great opportunity. And then, and um, I guess the blessings of the creator allowed that to turn into something. And that was the, the 70s in, uh, in New York City at home. And it gave you a chance to tell everybody, I told you I was going to do it. I told you I was going to be on the radio. <laughs> but you have an amazing radio voice as well. So it's not just the luck or the results of grinding really hard. There is innate talent. Well, well you know, those, that, that comes along with the time. At the time, I had, one of those, I had a, a young man's voice at the time. So, they, you know, you, you, but, you know, what you learn is not only the how to do it, but you, you learn and as it never ends. Uh, how management works. That's what led me into management, and what makes the what makes the the machine roll. What makes a radio format significant, and why do people choose certain formats or certain genres in order to be successful at what they do? You know, broadcasting wise, as it is in podcasting, and uh, thus became me being more interested in the formatics and uh, and, and and the research as well. You've touched upon many different areas of the entertainment industry, so have perspectives from different sides. So this question may be a little bit difficult, but can you share with us some of your most memorable projects and or artists that you've worked with? Uh, Radio-wise, it had to be Power 99 FM in Philadelphia. We went in there uh, with the consultant and being part of the team and launched the radio station at uh, Wow, I mean, it's still a big radio station in Philadelphia today. And that uh, can only be dwarfed by being a part of the Hot 97 original staff when we went to hip hop uh, in 1993, in the fall of 1993, with Ed Lover, Dr. Dre, and, and Wendy Williams, Red Alert, Funk Master Flex, who was, was there from the beginning of uh, the transition. Um, and that's on the radio side, being able to have worked with some some great talent. I mean, uh, whether it was Frankie Crocker or Gary Bird or uh, having an opportunity to be in Jacksonville, Florida, my first away job, <laughs> and um, and working with a guy in Jacksonville named Captain Groovy, Willie Martin, and another guy named Mark Little, who uh, was a sports guy there. Mm -hmm. um, that was some of the great periods. 
musically, Onyx. Uh, there was a group called TCF Crew had a song out called I'm Not the One. Uh, working with Big Daddy Kane doing A&R over at uh, uh, Cold Chilling Warner Brothers along with Viz Markey. Um, it's, it's, it's some of those artists, Roxanne Shante, being involved in, in the beginning of that process. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's been a couple of good moments. And um, you do them because you, you love the art. You love what, what it is that, that you do. And you like seeing people become successful. Those are huge names. You kind of just brushed over them like, oh, no big deal. Oh, no. Well, you know. <laughs> I'm still trying to grasp the concept of A&R. So for clarity, you go out and discover and develop talent? At that time, either you would find talent, bring the talent and find the right songs or the right and the right producer for for the talent. Or a lot of times at that period, it was the beginning of the artists coming prepared already. We had Genius that was at Cold Chilling when I got there, who's, who became the Wu-Tang Clan along with his cousin. Um, and they came ready-made. The production was already there. They, they put it together. Um, you had uh, what was happening there with Biz. Biz already would make his music at the time. Molly and Biz weren't working together. And Biz was making what he wanted to make. So at that time, it's just a matter of being able to coach. You know, you're pretty much a, a music coach where you listen to the material and, and you give your suggestion. Uh, sometimes the artists will listen. Uh, sometimes the artists will be determined that this is their art and, and that's what they want to do. But it's pretty much being... Um, an alternate ear for the artist and for the label. We're here on Brit Happens. Life clearly is not always rainbows and picnic baskets and it ebbs and flows. Absolutely, There's yeah. peaks and there are valleys. So would you mind sharing with us as a successful person in life and this industry, how you've overcome certain setbacks and turned stumbling blocks into stepping stones, pivoted, and got to where you are. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, it was, um, let's see, you have situations where you come in to a program or you're there and you move into the position and now you're going to, to carry the ball and lead the, lead the way and fight the fight. And you get a quarter of the way there and they tell you, you know, we're gonna have to change direction. But uh, thinking about going another way. Now you can stay, but, uh, we're not going to really go in that direction anymore. And and you stay, you take it on the chin. Then it's a lesson learned. Then they try to go in the direction they wanted to go in, and they really failed. <laughs> so it's like you don't gloat. You know, for me, it wasn't a gloating moment. For me, it was like, damn, if we had just stayed the course, we would have been all right. But it was a lesson learned, and that was that um, you, you try to work smarter. You don't move too fast. You work along and you got to include more people in whenever you start uh, uh, making changes at that time. It was something I learned. It was a great lesson. That was one point. The other point is when I went to the record business, I really thought that I wanted to be in the record business. And after I got there, and as I said, it was a period where the artists were now, artists had more control over what they wanted to make. And everything was changing. NWA had made a statement in the late 80s with what they made. I mean, you had Luke on, and Luke, um, Luke man, changed the world. I mean, people look at Luke as just being, all oh, the X-rated rappers. But I mean, when it comes down to freedom of speech, I mean, that was a big statement. I mean, a lot of a lot of artists, even Prince, 
capitalize from that because Prince's albums during the early 80s were very over over the edge. Uh, a lot of stations didn't play it, but I think that after the Luke Campbell situation, and it, it, it changed for everybody. And, and every now and then, there's still some mix there. But back to the original point, I um I thought I wanted to be in the record business. And after I got in the record business, I, I would go to stations, uh, do promote or what have you, and would be up against the window looking in the studio like, gee, I sure wish I was in there. And the opportunity came a little bit later. But that was a moment where you realized, yeah, maybe this is not the script for me. Sometimes you see something you think is for you. And I was fortunate enough to be able to have an opportunity to do it before it became too late, you know, before things got too late. So you had an opportunity to dabble in a little bit of everything that you've had some interest in. Yeah, because sometimes it's it's with what you want to do and sometimes it's things that you have to do. Sometimes you think, well, I'm just going to quit and go over there. And then there are other times when they get you get kicked out. You go, well, I guess I'll go over here. <laughs> hey, just testing the waters, seeing what yeah, you like. But you gotta, but you gotta do more until you can get more. That's the that's that's the object of the of the game. To try to stay in play. Like life, the game is a staircase. It's up and it's down. And and you 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 have to try to stay in play. You have to when you scrape your knee, you gotta brush it off and, and keep going. You know what I mean? A little dirt on your shoulder, let's go. Got to keep going and try to keep moving, stay in play. What happens is when you have those pitfalls and you have a, you have a fear about going back through that door again. Now, now you know when you go back through that door, maybe you lean a little bit to, to the left and pivot on your right, you know, instead of just walking through the door. You could put your game plan together. So there's always lessons despite the scrutiny. You got to have that. If, if you start, if you come through and success is happening right away, boom, 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 and you have no, you have no back step, you don't scrape your knee, there's a, a day is going to come when you're going to have to figure out how the hell did I get here? Right. You can't plan it. So, so it's a good thing. There's a lot of lessons learned in there. And you never stop learning. Agreed. Agreed. No matter the level of success. What would you tell yourself 15 or 20 years ago? I think I would tell the younger Bugsy to uh, don't be afraid to take a few chances, not foolish chances, but to go ahead and, and uh, make a few more moves. Um, I think I probably would have gotten up on, on the internet a little, a little, a little bit earlier. Uh, not that I didn't believe it, but you know, when, when the media changes, you have to make time for it. Right. You know, I'm on satellite. I know how many, how long it took people to transition to satellite um, in the beginning. You go, well, you on serious? Yeah, what's that? Can I get it on? No, you got to, oh, I already got music on the radio. So it's like people couldn't fathom having something else to listen to besides that. And that was the way it was with the internet. Like, yeah, you used it to send out your invoices or to look up information or in show prep. But you never quite thought about, I never quite thought about, because obviously there are those who have. <laughs> uh, that uh, thought about taking it and using it as a, a way to do business uh, that you can that you can own. So you know. So it's. I think that's what I would have told myself to be a little more uh, functioning in in this world uh, than than I than I was. I'm a lot more into it now than then, of course. Take chances on newer technology and and all that other stuff comes with it, right? Because if you're if you're already if you're already in the, in the entertainment space, uh -huh. then now you understand what the new technology is and how it, it goes together. 
like I understand that now. I didn't quite understand that then. Then, then it was like oh, I was just some something to use for some business stuff. Right. You know, send out emails and stuff. Right. And and then and then when it started to move towards more social, mm-hmm. he was like, ah, really? Because it was like, um, what was what was the, the black the black the black thing? Um, the black internet. Uh, was it black 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 space? But I know there was MySpace, which I never was on. Then there was Black Planet. Remember? Right, Black Planet. Black Planet. Yeah. Okay. People were doing. Folks were doing Black Planet. I was like, Black Planet, get out of here. I ain't got no Black Planet. My neighborhood's the Black Planet. I don't need no new friends on the internet. Right. <laughs> These random strangers. Yeah, but but it, but I didn't really understand how it connected. And as time went on, I was like, oh, this is very similar to music research and everything else. You can actually move around in that world and, and make some things happen. And now it's a necessity for if, if someone's trying to stay relevant or build their brand, you have yeah, to. Absolutely. And, but you got to be careful because one, you can misstep. There are going to be those missteps and everybody turns around and goes, <laughs> yeah. I know. The one time you make a mistake and then they forget the rest. So that's just absolutely. Yeah, the best. Isn't it, isn't it like life for real? You know? Right. <laughs> like you, you hear the Proverbs, they go, yes, he's a wise man. Let him speak. What did he say? Stone him. Right. You got to be careful. I think everything you post, since it's permanent online, that needs to be curated properly. Yeah, it does. You like to think. But then but then when it gets when it goes there, then they go, oh, no, let's make it more organic. (laughs) Right. It's like you can't. It's a it's a catch 22. I rather err on the side of being more conservative, but still trying to display my personality. That's what you have to. You have. Yeah, right. You got to You got to be true to yourself as true to yourself as you're willing to expose. That's the key, what you're willing to expose. Right. For someone who's listening or watching, and you kind of covered this with the advice that you would give yourself 15, 20 years ago. Okay. Who is looking at your career, they listen to you every day, and they're like, you know, I want to be just like Bugsy, or following his footsteps. I would say right now, this is a, a, a great period because of, because of social and because of the technology where you can listen to any radio station you want to listen to around the world and you can determine whether you want to do broadcasting just on the radio or on the radio and do television and have a podcast and you can do those things when i uh got in at the time it was like i was going to just do radio because i came up at a time when there wasn't that many of us on television Mm -hmm. um you had uh, Julia, you had uh, Bill Cosby, I Spy, you had Sidney Poitier, you had a couple of people, Diane Carroll, and then the Good Times and, you know, the, the Florida Evans and, you know, but I wasn't an actor. So I kind of felt, you know, this jockey was the person that brought it closest to the neighborhood. That's the person who had the connection to the artist. And so it was just about being on the radio at the time. But now you could do all of it. And, and one doesn't conflict with the other. So I would say keep your options open and learn your craft well. And don't be afraid to, talent-wise, if they're, uh, everybody is, is broadcasting one type of content, when you're creating your content, don't be afraid to take a chance and step outside of the box, outside of the way that content is being prepared to do something that's going to set you apart from everybody else. Learn your craft. And if it's, if it's really for you, mm-hmm. go for it. If you're looking for the money and, and just the money and the fame, and that's the extent of how you, what your love is for it, 
good luck. I wish you luck. I'm not going to say don't touch it, but good luck because I've been a lot who have been successful because that's the only thing. I'm not going to say if you don't have, if you don't have a love for it, you shouldn't do it. Well, you know, in the purest sense of the word, maybe not. But you know, it's it's do believe in what you believe in, but conquer this with all your might and, and be the best that you can be, not anybody else. You can be right because when when you do hit those tough spots, the money may not always keep you going. Oh, it won't. Yeah, no, it won't. It won't. But you know, some people have not been passionate and done very well <laughs> in many occupations. At least you're honest. A lot of people won't admit that. You know, they make it seem like this whole adage that, which I agree with, you need to be passionate about what you want so you can continue. Right. And I, I love money. Don't get it's me wrong. It's okay. And it's okay. I mean, it's okay. But hey, God bless. This part is called my fire round. Okay. I'm going to ask you just a couple of questions and you have to spit out the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, this is when it gets tricky, folks. Right. What was the last thing you bought on Amazon? It's probably a movie. It's probably a movie off, uh, off, uh, off the television. I personally, Amazon delivered. Oh, one of those little cup holders that you that you put the phone in. They got this place that you had the cup. It's a cup holder okay. that you put the phone in. Why did you one of those during the holidays? Oh, so what you can like do FaceTime while driving or something? Right. Exactly. Oh, cool. Okay. Right. Pay so attention you know, on the road. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite word? Curse word. Sam Jackson uses it a lot. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm from that era. Okay. MF. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot less now, but that, that's that, a that clever moment. way. Put Sam Jackson. Okay, y'all figure it out. Who is your favorite artist and favorite group? Wow, that's a that's a hell of a, that's a hell of a hell of a question because there's so many, and I like so many for so many reasons. I mean. Uh, there's a couple of people I work with, Meg Daddy King, but I got to give you the favorite. I, I, I tell you for the game, I got to give it to Jay-Z, what he's been able to uh, accomplish. I have to also give it to a band. I got to give it to Earth, Wind & Fire for still being able to do what they do. And I'm not uh, belittling anybody else, but I got to give it to, to Jay-Z and I got to give it to uh, Earth, Wind & Fire and Tony Braxton. I love the diversity of that response. And Toni Braxton, because with all that she's been through, when you hear her sing, it's still perfection. Is she? I know I'm gonna, going off on a tangent. She's married to Birdman, right? I, I hear it is, and I hear it's not. This is your industry. Yeah, but I, you hear they are, then you hear they're not. No one sent me a wedding invitation, which is good, so I'm all right with it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't get one either. We're even. Okay. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? It would be to uh, to be invisible. So, you know, this way you can be around and, and not really be around to get an idea of, of, of what's really happening mm-hmm. and, and what folks are really talking about and to be able to come back and talk about it on the show and, <laughs> and, not, use, and not use the names to protect the guilty or okay. to protect the innocent. Right? right. Like to just be invisible, be in the conversation, but not be in the conversation. Right. And people wonder how in the world did he know this? Yeah, right. So how do you know? Because that's basically what we do when you're on the radio, right? Uh, or on television, you, you try to think of what folks are doing at this time of the day or at that particular time of the day. And you try to relate to it. Like, all right, you're in traffic. All right, wait a minute. Watch that. You know, I didn't know I was getting ready to cut them off. You know, stuff like that. You know, 
I didn't know I was getting out the car. Wait, don't move. You got so there are little things that we we do. So it goes along with. I never thought of it like that, but that's true. Okay. To be relatable, to be more relatable. What's a myth in your industry that you would like to debunk? <laughs> that the that our music is not important. That um that it's got to be pop in order to be successful. Um, that, uh, popular music is whatever's popular. Pop music has been connected to one type of music, but popular music is whatever the top five, top ten, whatever your favorite song is. That's a pop song. <laughs> that is true. Because whenever someone, it's like when I find people trying to, I guess, insult a black artist, they'll say yeah. he's being pop. But who says that we can't be popular? Because that's what the definition. Well, you know, Prince went through that for a while, and so did and so did Outkast with Hey Ya. A lot of people on the hip hop side didn't want to play Hey Ya because they ah, that's too pop. But that's we we are many things, right? So it's okay to have a sound a certain way, but don't say that's that belongs to one thing. And there's something else too for a lot of artists who feel they have to be pop in order to sell records. That's another myth. You know, do what you do, be the best, be who you are. Who you are, organically. Right, right. Last two questions. If you can switch places with anyone for a week, who would it be and why? That's a hell of a job. I don't, I, I, I have to pass on that one. That's a, <laughs> that's rough. You're like, I'm happy being myself. I don't, I don't want to walk. Uh, you know, like, you know, like, you know what? Life is rough no matter who you are. Like, we, we're finding out, like, we got a guy that was a millionaire and he wanted to be the president. Wow, what a challenge it is. Like, life is rough, man, you know, for everybody right now. <laughs> it's not what it seems. Walk them yeah, out. Yeah, it's not, as, not as easy as you think it is. Like, you know, I can imagine people looking at President Obama going, ah, oh, this guy is too cool. It's, he doesn't have a handle on this. What is he doing? And then, like, you know, it's like you watching somebody drive, like, when you're a kid and you watch your mom and dad in the car driving. And and you're looking at wow, why didn't she turn? What what's she can't wait till I learn how to drive. Then you start driving, you go, Oh, I see what's going on. Right. It's, it's that, yeah, so I don't know, I can't answer that question. That's a rough one. I might say it and wake up and be in their problems. I don't know. I'm <laughs> we'll be grateful for our lives. I'm happy. Lastly, how can people get in contact with you online? Okay, Bugsy Bugs World, Twitter, Bugsy Bugs World, Instagram. Bugsy.bugs, B-U-G-S-Y dot B-U-G-G-S. Bugs is spelled like Bugs Bunny with two carrots, right? Two Gs, right? Not one G. And, and that's it. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, if you're there. Fred Bugs, F-R-E-D-B-U-G-G-S. But Bugsy Bugs, let's link. That's so funny you said, if you're there. On Facebook. I feel like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all have different demographics. Of course they do. Of course they do. Facebook, as as the as the as the hippo crowd moved away from Facebook, the older crowd came on, and now that and now that crowd is 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 hipper, and they're moving on to the next medium. And then you've got TikTok on the other end of the spectrum, right? So it continually moves. Yeah, it continually it continually moves as the as the as the media is is if you will, it's social media. But that's like being uh, in the neighborhood or. Or on the on the, on the boulevard, right? When there's a restaurant that's cool with a group of folks, 
then everybody goes, oh, everybody's over there. That's cool. Then the new people start coming, and those folks that initiated it move on to the next place. And then the next pe- set of folks, and, and that's pretty much how it goes in real life. So that's the way it goes on social. Yeah, that's the way it goes on social, where whatever was at Facebook is the thing, and everybody was there. And then by the time the older demos got in, it was like, wait a minute, uh, here come the here come the here come the forty plus. Oops, time for us to move on. It's time to bounce, right? Okay, Boomer. You know, it's. Yeah. And now I feel that same way with this TikTok. I I made an account. I'm still trying to understand yeah. what's going on, yeah. but. But at least you're there. You're in that space already. And that's important. Yeah. Right. I'm, tr- I'm trying to not sound like how my parents were critical of me on Facebook. And now that's where they hit. Yeah, no, you got to You got to go with it. You got to because now we see that it can work. That's that. That's that, that's my right. point with your question about 15 or 20 years ago. But what I tell myself at that time, you'd see you've had the opportunity to see things work. But this was a space we knew absolutely nothing about and had no interest of going there, right? Mm-hmm. So then you got there and right. you go, oh, this is fun. <laughs> That's how they linked you in. It was more unknown. You're right. Now I trust it because I've seen the effect and how people can build their brands and grow. So I mean, right. Where else can you where else can you do this? Like you couldn't do this in, in two thousand. We had a, a sub media there, right? But you couldn't get on and have your own television show. I'll have your own broad radio show. Uh, at a time right now where there are no clubs to go to, you can uh, find your DJ that you like in your area, no matter where you are or, or in another country right now. D-Nice has been around for a couple of decades now, and a lot of people are just finding him. So this is really an incredible medium that we're in right now and an incredible world. That's a good point. I feel crazy. I'm one of those people who I discovered him when he blew right. up on Instagram. Right. But when, when, when you were living in New York, he was happening then, but it was on some whole other, he was a photographer and he was DJing for a lot of the um, um, the, the business parties, so to speak, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying that it's, it's, we're in incredible times now. You can come from the crib and do everything. Look, even the music is being made, not in those big, big studios of the days gone by, right? They're made in somebody's crib and the guy had, had had Pro Tools and they went in the closet and laid down some tracks and, and sampled this and flipped it and wow, they're on. Yeah, so it's an, it's an incredible period we're living in. That's probably why Rona came and shut everything down, give us a chance to reset. Right, Rona said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you all. Moving too, moving too fast, huh? <laughs> moving too fast. This is like a sidebar question. Now I'm curious that you mentioned, for example, going online and there's all these DJ parties. What are your thoughts on certain DJs that put their cash out to solicit funds online? I think, I think it's fair because they're not working right now. I think it's fair. They're not working. Um, all the clubs are shut down until they open them up to full full blast. I mean, even, even if they were to open clubs up again, I mean, six feet from each other in the club. I mean, at the bar, that means nobody's buying drinks at the bar. It's going to take you all night to buy a drink at the bar. So a lot of folks, I don't think, will be running back out in doves. There'll be that first burst of everybody hanging out for a minute, and then other people go, I ain't going out yet. So it's, it's right. gonna, I think that I have no problem with them doing it. I know some people did, but uh, these are guys who usually uh, get out every weekend, maybe two or three gigs, maybe if they're lucky, 10 gigs a month if they're lucky. And uh, this is a great opportunity for them, if you like what they do, to, to, support, to support them. 
and 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 I hope that you do. I, I believe I believe in it. I mean, you know, I work with a lot of guys, and I know how hard they work, and uh, they rely on that to feed their family. You know, because that job gets them the wedding job, and a lot of them are not only the club jobs. A lot of them aren't doing the catering jobs that they had, or the the wedding receptions, or you know, th that's not going on, or doing something for the civil for the civil branch of uh, government that may have various opportunities for them to play i'm not making any money right now so it's a uh, it's a rough time like i said for everybody i'm gonna donate now you've made me feel guilty yeah i mean because oh, <laughs> at first i was like well my, can i put my cash up there too but i mean you're right that's strictly their sole source of right. revenue right and and hey who's to say if it happens one day it's gonna happen you're gonna be able to Put it right there in the corner. Lord, please, do you hear this? That would be awesome. That's what's going to happen. Put it right there in the corner. Just got it, but you're working on that building right now. So I don't think it's going to be too far away from right now. Well, see, I'm going to end it on that positive, amazing note. I just feel better on this Monday. Oh, great. Thank you so, so much. You're welcome. This was awesome. You're very welcome. All right. Hey, listen, keep it moving on Bread Happy. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode of Brit Happens. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, or Google. You can also find me online at www.brithappens.com and on social media, Instagram or Facebook at Brittany Sharpton. See you next time.